This is the JFJ Conspiracy, where the shop talk is rough. I'm Jim. And I'm Frank. And I'm Jerry. And this is the JFJ Conspiracy. And what you are about to witness or listen to is a special episode of The Conspiracy, as today we're talking about Record Store Day. And uh, this year is the 10th anniversary. And uh, Jim, if you have some history on that, why don't you tell us all about it? Well, it was uh, conceived in 2007 as a way to... uh Gather independent record store owners, employees, artists, uh, people who love records and work in the industry. Uh, the first one was in April 2008. So uh, what are we, like 10 years now? And so uh, – and uh, on April. So April is officially record store day. Correct. But um, they do uh, – for the last uh, – what was it? Three years, I guess. They started in uh, – no, 2010. So it's been eight years. They've started doing Black Friday Record Store Day also. That's right. As a way to drive uh, people into record stores. And uh, it's a great day. You get a lot of uh, ind- independent releases. You get a lot of things that are um, haven't been out in a while. Uh, brand new things that are limited edition. Uh, excellent packaging. Uh so if you if you love records, uh, if you love record culture, um, it's a great day to go shopping. I have sort of a, I'll be honest, a little love hate relationship with it because I think they should just release stuff like this all year long, and I think every day should be record store day. Every day is a good day to go shopping for records. Absolutely, and the, the funny thing is, um, last year my wife and I were driving around, Cindy, and I were driving around, went over to Rhino Records, and uh, I was all ready to get in there and do some shopping. And there was a line around the building about 10 minutes before the store opened up. So I said, well, let's go, you know, Claremont, let's go get some breakfast and we'll sit there and uh, it'll, it'll die down a little bit, you know, and it didn't. We finished breakfast and the line had gotten longer, longer. Sure. And so I I waited till the next day went in. And of course, everything I wanted was, was not available. (laughs) No, it's gone. Yeah. And and it's, it's important to note that not, Every record that's available that is released on Record Store Day is available at every record store. No. Correct. So they order whatever they want, and uh, some record stores order everything. I think Rhino is one of those stores that orders everything, but there's no guarantee because a lot of them are limited release Mm -hmm. or limited issues. And so uh, not every record gets actually shipped out. No, so, so if you want something and you know it's out, it's worth waiting in line and, and trying to get it because it may be gone. Um, last week I was over at the record store and I noticed they, they had uh, Joan Jett Sinner, which was a part of last year's or maybe April's record day. It was on uh, clear vinyl, I think, and uh, had it in my hand and realized I already have it on CD and have it on another record. And so I passed. And, yeah. And, and I may end up regretting it as a collector. You never know. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a gamble. And uh, you guys know what I went through in April trying to hunt down uh, Red Cross's Third Eye. It was a limited release, colored vinyl. And uh, 
my wonderful wife drove around the block <laughs> while I was running, trying to get into Amoeba. I couldn't even get in the door. And, uh, but they had a big bulletin board outside saying that the release had been pushed back anyway. And so, uh, fortunately, I was able to uh, find it on the day it was actually released. So. That's cool. Good. Yeah. Oh, what, what is special, like you said, about Record Store Day is they release these re-release a lot of albums in colored vinyl, uh, mm-hmm. special packaging, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I love, I love the colored vinyl for whatever reason. It's, you know, don't know if it plays any better or worse. I'm, I'm not a, it's not you know, sure. Look it, at it. It sure yes. looks better. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's, it that's, sure looks good. That's the whole thing. And, uh, so yeah, I always get a little excited when I see the list and then, you know, uh, never have had any luck in finding what I want though. It's always, you know, day late and a dollar short. Right, either oh, yeah. sold out or the store that you go to didn't get any of them or whatever it is. It's right. It, it's a crapshoot. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let, let's move ahead. And uh, I know what we did is each of us kind of picked a few of the uh, albums, records, or singles that are uh, on the list this go-around. And um, Jerry, why don't you tell us about your picks? All right, guys. Uh, my first pick is uh, Ronnie James Dio, Bless His Heart. Uh, they're re-releasing on vinyl the Holy Diver Live at 35, and it's hard to believe it's already been 35 years, yeah. <laughs> but it has been. Uh, it's on a 12-inch vinyl, and they're releasing 3,500 copies. And the B-side is the studio version of uh, Electra, and uh, it's the the recordings from the one in '83 at Donington. They he recorded there in '83 and '87. This is from '83. And guys, I just did a little quick search. It's already listing on ebay for 79.99 isn't that something yeah already that's how it goes. already and we're a week away does that come so, with a, yeah does that come with a hologram i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it probably does it should for that kind of money yeah 79.99 it's, and, and again at 3500 copies of my three artists here today that's the most release that's the most the highest number of releases right for yeah. three i've chosen um, yeah, again, already on eBay for 80 bucks. Uh, the second one they're re-releasing, it's brand new, but it's Weezer's remake of Africa by Toto. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, I just, it's, it's, I like their version of it, but what's funny about it is, is um, it's by Crush Atlantic, by the way, and it, and it was originally released in May of 18, and uh, that's also going to be on a 10-inch vinyl, and it's green vinyl. Right, and well. the flip side of that is the studio recording Weezer did of Rosanna. So you're getting your Toto on <laughs> and your good. Weezer on. Yeah. And that's available in 3,000 copies. And if and you have, uh, if you haven't seen the video for uh, Weezer's cover of hilarious. Africa, yeah, I highly recommend <laughs> it. It's, it's a great laugh. And uh, yeah. Weird Al makes a cameo in it. Oh, and that's it's, awesome. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, right. I've never been a huge Weezer fan, but yet at the same time, they come out with al- songs like that. Uh, yeah, they do, and it is so catchy the way they play. Yeah, it's, something gets me about fun. them. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, they've they've had some songs over the years that just seem unusual to me, or but I always like them. So yeah. whatever their style is, I like it. Very good. And, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've go seen ahead. them live a couple times, and oh, uh, great shows. Great shows. I saw them uh, when their first album came out. I saw them at the whiskey they were the opening band they were opening up for material issue i was there to see material Ah. issue and i was all who are these who are these cats and um they're kind of geeky they they went on to huge success yeah who are these nerds (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they can play yeah but they they could play uh, yes they can 
That's great. What else you got, Jerry? Uh, the third one is the Smithereens, and uh, they already released uh, Meet the Smithereens, which is a carbon copy of Meet the Beatles. They just covered all the songs, mm-hmm. except it was Smithereens, which is very interesting. And as long as them cats are playing those Rickenbacker guitars, <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, and what this one is is Smithereens B-Sides, B-Sides of Beatles singles. And it's released uh-huh. on a vinyl LP. And the original one came out uh, September of 08. Now, this one, guys, it, it just amazes me for the first two we discussed, uh, Dio and Weezer, uh, this is only available in 1,200 copies. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I know Pat has passed away, and uh, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But one thing I found out about this, guys, the, when they originally released this, it was in 08, September, and it was their ninth studio album. But, guys, uh, track number six, Cry for a Shadow, Mm-hmm. is an instrumental by the Beatles. And I never knew that, guys. Oh. I never knew that. It's a John and George uh, composition, and it's it's an instrumental. So when I heard it by the Smithereens, I'm just thinking, when are they going to start singing a Beatles song? Right. And uh, it's great. So if you get a chance, listen to Cry for a Shadow. Cry for a Shadow. By the Beatles and the Smithereens. Mm-hmm. And again, that's uh, that's on vinyl also. And uh, yeah, only 1,200 copies. So that just... That kind of trips me out. But again, with the Rickenbacker sound, uh, that's what made me a fan of the Smithereens to begin with. And they're still good. I mean, it still sounds great today. And I just yeah. love it. Yeah. Great, uh, great band. Uh, great band. Yep. Wonderfully catchy. Uh, I mean, obvious, obvious Beatles influence there. Oh, yeah. On those guys, you know, when you hear their own songs and uh, they pay great homage to the Beatles. Absolutely. They do. Yep. Very catchy, very riffy. I love it. Right on. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to my picks. And um, I got two that you guys probably figure I would pick, and then one was a little little out there. But uh, the first one is Blue Oyster Cult's Some Enchanted Evening. And that's a uh, live album that uh, I had on cassette, and I think I had it on LP at one time. But it was always side two. This came out in 1978. And yeah. It, it was a pretty good hit. I mean, the album did pretty well. It was, I think, it peaked at 44 on the billboard here, but it was always side two that I listened to. I never messed with side one because I didn't care for any of those songs, but, <laughs> but side two has kick out the jams and Godzilla and don't oh. fear the reaper. And, yeah. and it finished off with the animals cover of uh, we got to get out of this place. And just a side two of one album. I would listen to over and over. It's all and you over. need, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was a, it was a good representation of, of their live show. And that particular album came out two or three different times. They kept adding songs, taking songs off. And just, right. you know, right. because the hardcore fans are going to buy it in every mm-hmm. every version. So, uh, Some Enchanted Evening by Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, just a, a great rock album, a good live album. Love Buck Dharma, you know. Buck yeah. Dharma. What a, what a name. I yeah. love that name. Just the name. Yeah, <laughs> the name alone is great. <laughs> But uh, great band, and you know, some enchanted evening. Uh, great album, uh, especially like you said, that side two, mm-hmm. and a great cover of "Kick Out the Jams." Yeah, oh yeah, loved MC Five. Yeah, my um, my second pick is Judas Priest "Rock and Rolla," which was their debut album. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim and I could have. Jim and I could have said that. But it's funny Frank, though. Frank loves his priest. <laughs> you go, you go back to 1974, and you look at you know 
listen to that album, they hadn't mm-hmm. even, they didn't have their sound yet. They, they weren't priest as we know it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, much like Scorpion's first album or, you know, a lot, a lot of other bands when they first came out, they were still kind of experimental. There, there's some songs on that album. Uh, it's Winter Freeze or something like that. It's in the, yeah. it, it was K.K. Downing's homage to Jimi Hendrix and a bunch of feedback and no lyrics. It's just noise. But uh, my favorite track on that album is Cheater and uh, One for the Road, Never Satisfied. Good songs yeah. all the way through. Oh, yeah. And Dying to Meet You, um, Hero, Hero. That closes that album out. And uh, that to me, that's what makes that album a classic album. It just had a strong finish to it. And that was their only album, matter of fact, with uh, John Hinch on drums. And they went to, I think, Lester well, Binks after that. Yeah, every uh, every album had a different I, I drummer, I think, on those first Final three tap. or four albums. Yeah, they, Final were, tap. they weren't exploding, Jerry, but they, <laughs> they they were going through. But it was well, not not that we know of, not that we know right, of, right, right. Um, yeah. But it was produced by Roger Bain, and um, he was he was doing a lot of their albums at those early albums and help them define their sound so well they found it that's for sure after oh. we uh, after we talked about it i went back and listened to it this week mm-hmm. and uh i was thinking the exact same thing you know they hadn't really uh they hadn't hit that definitive pre-sound i think that maybe hit like right around hellbound for leather probably mm-hmm. right um maybe even british steel you could argue is when they really kind of found themselves well that's when they smacked uh, america upside the head that is when they smack America upside yeah. the head. Yeah, they yeah. kind of but, take uh, over. But Rock and Roll, a, a much bluesier record. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of blues influence in there. And uh, uh, yeah, a little more experimental, a little longer songs. Yeah. And, and, and both these albums that so far that I'm talking about are, are uh, I think, 2,400 to 3,000 in the release for this re-release. So they're not, they're not planning on selling a whole bunch, but it's just to get you know the fans out there to pick them up. Right. So... Um, my my question to you, Frank, is I, I didn't go back and look at the artwork for mm-hmm. it, but is is it the original cover with the the Coca Cola type? It is the the Coca Cola okay. w- with the water on it and everything. Yeah, that's that's the photograph that I saw. Anyways, I always preferred that to the re release artwork. I didn't care for the re release with the the warriors on it or whatever. It didn't yeah didn't really match up with that type of sound. But agreed. Uh, Good album. I suggest everyone go give that a listen anyways. Uh, the old version or this one. It's it's well worth it. Especially if you're if you're into wanting to know where Priest came from. This this will tell you. My uh, final pick is um, Ben Stiller. The comedian. <laughs> what? Yes. He uh he was in a high school punk band. He called it punk, uh, called Capital Punishment. And they put out an album thirty five years ago. And, wow. I, and I went back and listened to some of the cuts from it. It's not really punk. It's more uh, artsy-fartsy, you know, cute tunes and whatnot. But it, it really, you could kind of hear his personality and his kind of comedy in the music. Even though the, the music itself isn't really funny, but it's quirky. So hmm. that, I, didn't, I didn't even know that existed until you told me that I. that was Ben Stiller's I. band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I happened to... Uh, read about it not long ago so i started researching it and then when i found out he they were putting the band back together and i, I think a lot of it he's had some personal changes in his life so i don't know if it's a midlife yeah. crisis or what it might be but he decided to put it's the band back crisis together. i bet <laughs> yeah plus i got millions now 
Sure, you know? I, I can do whatever I want. I can and, kick out the sounds, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping it's a little more musical than the mm-hmm. the uh, original album, but we'll see. And I didn't see how many albums are coming out on that, but that, that should be an interesting little uh, platter to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jim, what did you pick? Uh, well, my first pick is uh, Joan Jett, uh, Bad Reputation Soundtrack. And this is uh, 3,000 uh, 3, copies. It's on translucent yellow vinyl. And uh, probably nothing on this that's really, um, other than one song. There's a brand new Joan Jett and the Blackheart song on there called Fresh Start. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's nothing that uh, a typical Joan Jett fan wouldn't have. Uh, the version of I Love Rock and Roll is the one she did, uh, the demo version with Steve Jones and Paul Cook, cool. which they re- recorded at the Who studio. Um, John when Lee. she was still trying to find a, a deal at that point, right? right? Kind of uh, obviously went on to great success and sure. broke a lot of barriers. So um, it's a little shorter if you look at the actual. It's kind of meant as sort of a companion to the soundtrack. The soundtrack's got some other stuff on there. Uh, stuff she produced for Bikini Kill and and whatnot. So I would check out both. But as a Joan Jett fan, uh, probably just be the kind of thing I pick up to sort of round out the round out the collection, I guess. All right. Uh, the other one I'm kind of excited about is uh, Cheap Trick: The Epic Archive Volume <laughs> there Two. There you go. Mm-hmm. So um, they had already released Volume 1, Volume 2. This is uh, limited to 1,100 copies, so not a lot. No. Uh, it's pricier. Now, I know Volume 1 sold for about 90 bucks. I think it was eighty nine ninety nine. I think that was a Record Store Day exclusive also. Um, not a lot of different stuff here. If you're a, if you're a deep, cheap uh, trickophile, I guess, you probably <laughs> have a lot of this stuff. Um but if you miss things like EPs and soundtracks and other some of those things are compiled here. Uh, one of my favorite Cheap Trick songs was from uh, the heavy metal soundtrack, uh, Reach yeah. Out and Take It. I, great, I have it on 7-inch, and I, I, you know, other than on the soundtrack, I don't know that it's really appeared anywhere. And there's a couple other soundtrack songs on here. But um, extensive liner notes, I guess, from uh, Bun, uh, Tom Peterson, and... And Rick Nielsen. Cool. So, uh, a, a nice package, uh, two LPs. Um, so, if you love Cheap Trick, uh, might be something you might want to stand in line for. Uh, like I said, pricey, but it's a double LP and it's limited. So, might might be worth checking out. Yeah, and if it's got some of those tracks from from soundtracks, it's worth picking up because yeah, a lot of those movies that they did soundtracks for, the you don't want the other crap. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's probably no, true. You don't. Yeah. And if if you never had the uh, if you never had the EP, found all the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some tracks off of that. It's got some live stuff that um, some stuff from the LA Forum. I think from like eighty one or I want to say eighty one. Nice. You know, some live tracks that hadn't been released before. And right. So uh, it's got some some interesting and rare stuff on there. I think the packaging alone kind of makes it kind of worth your while. Like I said, if you're, if you're a trickophile, you might want to check that out. Well, and this is kind of what record store day is all about because there are those that 
like like myself and, and you two who who enjoy actually holding on to an album and reading the notes and listening to an album from track to track to track all the way through. And that's something that's missing in the digital age because you can just bounce. I don't care for this. I don't care for that. You can program your iPod or whatever to play with just what you want. And this way you get the full experience of the album and, you know, it takes you back to your childhood, you know, with me, my feet up on the wall, head backwards up on the couch, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know yeah. listening to my mother yell at me to get my feet off the wall and, and sit right, you know, while I'm yeah. reading. Turn my, that down. Turn that turn down. It down. That was a day. And of, course, and, of course, and of course, the best thing of all about albums is when you have to stop and change, you know, change the album over to play the other side. side I, I told my daughter that once back in early '90s during the CD age, and, and she thought it was funny. Yeah, I just said, "Oh, we'd listen to a song. I'd say, this is where I have to stand up and turn the record over, play the other side.' Exactly. <laughs> so you, you know, it's coming back, guys. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm uh, I'm at the I'm at the point where I'm old enough. That um, I I can't read the liner notes on CDs anymore. No. I need that big print that comes with the with the record. Bigger the better, and it, yeah. before too long, yeah. I'm gonna need a magnifying glass for that. I was gonna say you got to keep that magnifying glass by your chair, Jim. I know. It's like cranking ice, I bet. Yep. I, it, that's not a joke. I not it's a joke. not a joke. No, not at all. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, my my arm my arms aren't long enough anymore that I you know I have to hold yeah. it out so far to. Oh, yeah, I try yeah. to read the notes, but yeah. my doctor calls me a trombone player because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what it's all about. What else you got, Jim? Okay, and so the last release is the one I am most excited about. Um, it's a various artist. It's on Yep Rock Records, limited to 900 copies. The lowest so far, guys. On a, yeah, on a purple swirl vinyl, mm. and. Uh, it's called Three by Four. It's the Bangles, the Rain Parade, the Three O'clock, and the Dream Syndicate. We're all LA bands uh, under this little umbrella called the Paisley Underground. Right. And uh, so it's each of those bands covering the the songs by the other three bands. And so uh, cool. I've I've got uh, we're going to have uh, an interview. With uh, Michael Curcio of the Three O'clock. That's awesome. Jim, well done, Jim. Special guest tonight uh, joining us on the phone, Michael Curcio of the Three O'clock. Michael, welcome to the JFJ Conspiracy Podcast. Very much. Glad to be here. Uh, glad to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out. And so um, we're talking about uh, Record Store Day uh, tonight, and. Uh, Coming up this Friday, uh, Black Friday Record Store Day, um, and there's a special release coming out. This is the one I'm kind of looking most forward to. It's uh, three by four, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Michael? Well, it was a project actually started. Uh, the idea was from uh, Danny, the drummer of the Three O'clock Near, and he kind of thought it would be neat if. Uh, all the original Paisley Underground groups, you know, the, 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 the first four groups, the, the Bangles and the Three O'Clock and the Dreams and the Kit and the Rain Parade, all kind of did a record together, but maybe like each band doing each other's song. Right, right. Oh, so he just thought, well, maybe, you know, 
maybe each everybody do two or three songs. Yeah, so I guess it, I, the number came down to everybody do songs one by each of the groups. So three by four came right. the title, and and uh, so we could pick anything from the you know from the discographies of of what of of, of the other groups you know songs we liked or, or whatever and. Uh, so that's what we did. Everybody, we got Danny got a label interested to to record it and and, and put it out, and uh, everybody got to pick what song they wanted to do and buy each band, and then everybody went to different studios, whoever they wanted to go to, and were allotted a, a bit of uh, recording money from from the record company, and uh, and here we are. And here you are. So now the impetus for this started from a reunion show you guys did back in 2013 with all four of the uh, sort of the original Paisley Underground bands. Is that right? Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we did two shows. Uh, one in Los Angeles and one in uh, one in San Francisco uh, at the Fillmore of the of the four bands. Actually, all just doing full sets. Uh, big show and one at the in Los Angeles here at the Fonda Theater and the other one was at the Fillmore Theater in in, uh, in San Francisco and they were really, really well received and well attended. And it was they were two really great nights. So after that we always thought we would try to do something else, maybe do something, you know, recorded. And and then this this idea came up and I think it was last uh, earlier this year, like uh, April and May is when everybody went and did their thing. And I think everything had to be in, had all had to be in by June in, in order for it to be able to come out uh, now in, in November. And, and uh, it's going to come out in CD form, uh, download, and on vinyl, two records at vinyl. Right, on Swirl Purple Vinyl, is that correct? Swirl Purple Vinyl, yes. Yes, all the... All the uh, um, all the record company's idea there and they did a great job of the packaging and everything and uh some extended liner notes in there right so um from i'm guessing yeah, they yeah. interviewed all, all four of the bands and everybody was involved in that process right 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 um so now yeah. i have to i have to ask you when you when you guys were choosing the songs was it did you guys know immediately which songs you wanted to cover or was there a lot of back and forth between all the bands? Because I'm assuming that when you were making your picks, you had to make sure somebody else wasn't already covering that song. Yeah. I, I did. Nobody. Um, I think there was only one song that kind of coincided. That was uh, the, what you've done to your mind by the rain parade. Uh -huh. I wanted the three o'clock to do. And then, uh, Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals wanted them to do it. And in the end, it, it got to be the three o'clock doing it with Susanna as a guest singer on the track. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So that she, yeah, she's like a guest singer on the track and doing backups and stuff. So. Well, that's fantastic. So now, which songs will the three o'clock be covering on the, uh, on the record? We're doing... Um, um, the first time well, I got to pick the songs, uh, nobody really, you know, so I got to, I wanted to do the first songs I ever heard by each band. Oh, okay. And so I, we're doing Getting Out of Hand, the first Bangles 45. And then we're doing um, Tell Me When It's Over by the Dream Syndicate, which was on their first EP. 
and then we're doing what she's done to your mind, which was the first 45 by the rain parade. Right, the one you just mentioned. That's the one that has Susanna yeah. as the as the guest vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And they all meant a lot to me because it's when I really got into the band. I heard them before I ever met them. Oh, so you yeah. probably maybe on Rodney on the Rock or something. Oh, uh, on the Rock, exactly. Yeah. So those are the songs that I first heard and really flipped out about and. Uh, and uh, I just always loved, and so when this came up, I knew right away I, was, I wanted to do I wanted to do those songs. Okay, now so as far as the other bands, so Rain Parade is covering as real as real. Yes, by the three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, Bangles are doing Jet Fighter, which uh, yeah. the one track I've heard, and Dream Syndicate is covering uh, She Turns to Flowers. So I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you've heard all the covers so far. I've I've actually heard. Everything except for the three o'clock stuff. <laughs> How's that possible? I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't go to the. I mean, you know, I recorded it, but the I'm here in in more in in on one side of L.A. and uh, and uh, Earl Mankey. The, it was produced by Earl Mankey that did all the three early three o'clock records. Oh, wonderful! And and he still has the same studio there in Thousand Oaks, which is a bit of a ways from me. Yes. And uh, but I, you know, I'm. And I heard all the new stuff we were doing as we were playing. When it came down to everybody going for the, you know, the, for the mix down, I just said, you know, you know, I, well, I've worked with Earl so many times, and uh, not only on the three o'clock, but on the the other projects I've done for over, over time. And, and I was like, look, Earl, Earl knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean his uh, his track record speaks it. for itself, right? Yeah, it'll be great. I don't need to I don't need to drive on a Wednesday, you know, in bumper to bumper traffic. Up to, to four oh five. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't need to do that. Earl Earl knows what he's doing. So I just never. Uh, um, I guess they sent it after it was all mixed. They sent it to the computer, but I just never really. I never played it. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, so I'll, I'll hear it. When I, I supposedly they're sending me the records, so I'll hear it then. But well, on vinyl is probably the best way to hear it, right? That's, uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard uh, other people's stuff. Uh, I've heard the Bangle, I've heard the Bangles track of Jeff Spider, and and then uh, I heard, I've heard the Rain Parade doing uh, Real Is Real, and I've heard the Dream that Dip doing She Turns the Flowers. I just so those three, yeah, the, really, those three, you have a favorite one. I really, I mean, they were all really great. Uh, I really, really liked the Rain Parade doing uh, Real is Real. Okay, good. And uh, so of the other stuff you've heard, do you have another standout track that you really loved? Oh, there's the, uh, the, the, uh, there's so many, Hero Takes a Fall by, by the uh, Dream Syndicate. Oh, okay. Of that. It's pretty great. And so, uh, yeah, there's just, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to choose. Yeah. So Friday, November 23rd is the release date. Um, I understand you're doing an in-store at Freak Beat, uh, you and yeah, Danny Venere, yeah. and I think a couple of bangles, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's it's just for Record Store Day. Right. And then it doesn't go on sale again until January. Right, so but if, I think if, that's... If you, uh, if you don't get on records today, I guess you got to wait till January. I don't know how that works. <laughs> right, but I think it's not... Uh, they're not going to press it on purple vinyl or something like that. It's going to be a little different release or something. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. You want to get your purple vinyl, you got to go to records. 
Record store day. And if you want to get it signed or or meet the band, you got to go down to Freaky yeah, Records. Yeah, we're going to be at Freaky uh, Records in Sherman Oaks. Uh, right. And uh, you're in, you're around town here, are you in Glendale or? Uh, I'm actually in Azusa, so I'm in San Gabriel Valley. Oh, okay. Not uh, you know, not too far away. Right? Theaters are there? Uh, no, the drive-in theater's gone. The only thing that's left is the oh. sign. <laughs> I did a show there with uh, Corla Pandit. Oh my gosh. And and the wonderful world of Joey, they had it was called the Azusa Palooza. Uh, ah, I vaguely remember it, that. It was at that that drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a, a signing with a, and then uh, the new the new bass player for the Bengals, which is actually the original bass player, right. uh, Annette Solinskis, is back in the Bengals full time. They're real. They're actually a real all-girl band again, which is great. Yeah. Um, and because uh, for a long time they were, were just three of them with with, with backup people, but um, right. But now it's it's just like the original four gals, and then uh, it's going to be Annette and Vicky Peterson, the legendary Vicky, Vicky Peterson, come yes. meet them, and then you'll have to just meet me and Danny. <laughs> the legendary. It's worth it just to meet the legendary Danny Benair. He's like Mr. L.A. He's there you go. So, Mr. L.A. Now, uh, yeah. at the same time, you have uh, another release that's just been, uh, that's just come out, I think, a month or two ago. That's the uh, Permanent Greenlight Retrospective. Yeah, yeah, exactly a month ago it was released, uh, the Hallucinations by the Permanent Greenlight. It's uh, all, a, all a compilation of all the, most of the, you know, tracks that we picked out and some demo stuff, some rarity stuff that it's out on the Omnivore Records label and stuff. Uh, very cool. Now I'm guessing uh, that stuff probably hasn't been available for for some time. Oh yeah, it's it's been it's been very hard to get for quite some time. It was from all from the '90s. So. Yeah. So this is really the first compilation of it actually, all of it really being available. Okay, so great compilation. It's getting great reviews. I've uh, I've read quite a few reviews of it, and everybody's raving yeah. about the compilation. Yeah, yeah, we're happy with it. Okay. Well, thanks, Michael. Now, um, for those who don't know, Michael has an internet radio show. Um, where can, yeah, they, where yeah, can they find that, Michael? That's on uh, luxuriamusic.com every Sunday evening at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Right. And so um, as, a, as a listener, I would, uh, I would describe it as uh, very eclectic, uh, psychedelia, some garage. I think this last Sunday, I haven't heard last Sunday's uh, show yet, but I think you guys did a Queen thing, right? Yeah, we just did all Queen. And it's mostly just us playing records and then goofing with me and my co-host, Lena. Uh, uh, we just kind of goof around until, you know, we're, we're pretty amusing. Yes, it's, it's really a, a great, great it's really show. Reason, yeah. yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, and you've turned me on to some great records, so I just listened oh. to it. So, great. All right. Well, thank you, Michael, for joining us. Uh, so so appreciated. Best to you, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you at Freak Beat this coming Friday. That'll be great. Great to see you there. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey. Well, that was a great interview, Jim. Um, really great, and I, I I really would like to hear that album because uh, being a Bengals fan, I'd like to hear what they do with somebody else's music, anyways. Yeah, you can find uh, you can find their cover of the Three O'Clock's Jet Fighter. Um, it's on YouTube. They've posted it up. That's kind of been, you know, of all those bands, the Bengals obviously had the most success. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them, 
you know, had a, some degree of success to one, you know, a little bit here and there, there, but, um, you know, Bengals sold huge, obviously. So sure, yeah. that's kind of the song they've released, and uh, it's worth it's worth giving a listen to. All right. Well, if that's all we have as far as Record Store Day goes for this episode, um, let's wrap this up, and uh, we'll see you guys next week when we'll be listening to a few other bands and talking about Led Zeppelin Four. Four. Led Zeppelin Four. All right. You got anything to sign us out with, Jerry? Uh, yeah, just stay tuned for next week. We're going to go over Led Zeppelin for the, it's the album cover with the old man with the bag of sticks in case you're curious, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, that's uh, it. We're, we're going to do it. Yeah. The bag of sticks, the old man with the bag of sticks guys, <laughs> Jim, <laughs> yeah, looking, looking forward to it. Uh, and enjoyed this little, I don't know what we're calling it. Two, 2.5 or whatever it is. Hey. Record store day video uh, podcast. Yeah. Inter- interesting to hear you guys' takes on which records and, and, uh, Hopefully, hopefully we'll get out and get some of those. Well, this that, your, guys, your guys is too. We've been doing this since high school. It cracks me up. It's like oh, yeah. no time has gone by. This is what we do, people. <laughs> this is what we do. That's yeah. right. Well, hopefully if we do get some of these albums, we'll come back and we'll revisit them and we'll talk about them on a, a future podcast. Sounds great. All right, guys. Well, All until, right, until next time, this is the JFJ Conspiracy saying see you in a bit. Take care, people. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.